It's good to have friends, amen? So good to have friends. Uh, thank you, worship team. Awesome. Love the worship and the presence of God. And uh, it's good to have friends. And um, Susie and I would um, definitely count Pastor Adam and Anita as good friends. And in fact, was it last year? Uh, we have a big family, uh, nine kids, and um, Pastor Anita came to our house and cooked us all curry. And um, that was a very memorable day in the Miller family, I can tell you that. Um, and actually, it was my wife's birthday, and one of the things that um, Pastor Anita said to Susie is, you haven't got the right walk. So it was her birthday the other day, and um, this parcel turned up in the, you know, by courier, and... Susie goes, I know what this is. And sure enough, Pastor Anita had sent her this big walk. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we're just grateful to have friends. It's so good to have friends in the, in the family of God and friends in life, isn't it? And we, we need friends. In fact, I want to talk to us this morning about being the friend of God. And so that's where I want to, I want to go this morning. Uh, but I just want to quickly bring greetings from Manukau New Life, from our church up there. Uh, and uh, just our love and from our family to yours. And uh, it's so good to be in the same family of churches together in the same movement. And we love you and we uh, just want to bless you today. And uh, it's so good to be able to be here and release Pastor Adam to go on a holiday. That's just fantastic. Um, you guys have been such a blessing to us. And so it's nice to be able to return that in some small way. So, yeah, being the friends of God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 11. Um, there is a stirring happening within the body of Christ around prayer. Um, a teaching that Robert Henderson has really kind of been used by God to make more widely known. Uh, and that is around approaching God in prayer as father, friend, and judge. And coming up into the courts of heaven and being in that place in the heavenly realm where we can be more effective and more fruitful in our prayer life. Who would like to be more effective in their prayer life? Amen. And so uh, Jesus taught us how to pray. And so we're going to look at that this morning and talk about praying as the friend of God. Uh, and so I'm blessed to have friends in my life. I have some friends who make me laugh. I, I like those friends rather than the ones that make me cry. I, I'd rather have friends who make me laugh. There's some friends I hang out with, and they are just born comedians, and I love those people, uh, and I enjoy hanging out with them. Uh, some friends that give me good advice. We need friends that give you good advice at times, right? They give you some wisdom. Uh, some friends that are just there at times when words don't need to be spoken, just there to be with you in that time that you're going through something very difficult. Um, and some friends that will say the stuff that nobody else will say. Dig the person in the ribs next to you if that's the friend. Yeah, you're the one that says the stuff no one else will say. Um, and so we need friends, good friends. Uh, and um, that's vitally important in these days. Uh, I remember uh, having a tough week last year where I was involved in helping a number of different pastoral situations. I think if I recall correctly, we'd had a, 
uh, a couple who had had a premature baby die and I'd had to take that funeral and there was some other stuff. And that can be pretty kind of full on for you as a pastor when you're doing that. And I was pretty wasted. And one of my mates rang me up and says, how you going? And I said, actually, I'm just pretty hammered right now. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty empty in the tank and I've, you know, um, been helping people. And he said, let's go out. And so we went out. He took me out. I was like, where are we going, bro? And uh, we went into downtown to this place called the Chocolate Cafe. And there we ordered an exorbitant amount of chocolate, desserts, and every other kind of chocolate thing your heart could desire. And we ate that chocolate, all of it, gone. And, you know, you need a friend at time that will take you to the chocolate cafe. Does anybody say, do I hear an amen out there? You know, you're having a rough day. You're having a rough week. Maybe you've been through some stuff. It's good to have a friend that will ring you up and say, bro, I'm going to take you to the chocolate cafe and we will drown our sorrows in chocolate. So, you know, I mean, that's what we, we need. We need those friends because, you know, it's, it's, the world's gone a little bit cray-cray at the moment. It's gone a little bit kind of bizarre. And we need to be the kind of people that are friends, that carry one another, that encourage each other and support each other through this, right? And so we need to... We need to learn what it is to be good friends. And I believe God is inviting us into his place to be friends with him. And so Jesus here is talking to his disciples in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We read, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now let's pause there for a moment because these disciples were not heathens. It's not like they'd never known how to pray. They were good Jewish young men who had grown up uh, in uh, a community that they learned how to pray. They went to the synagogue. They, they, I'm sure, blessed their food every evening as they, or before they ate. And so here they are, and knowing how to pray, but looking at Jesus praying, and thinking something is different about the way that he prays. There's something about how he prays that we don't get yet. And so here's the thought. You and I might know how to pray, but there's some levels of prayer. There's some dimensions of access to the heavenly realm that we haven't yet stepped into. And so they recognize that my prayer life is not where it needs to be. He knows how to pray. You know what? John taught his disciples how to pray. So they go and say, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus is very willing to teach those that are hungry and want to learn how to pray more effectively. So you're hungry this morning. Do you want to learn? So Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, Father. Everyone say, Father. The, the most important way or the foundational way that we approach God is as Father. If you haven't learned that yet, if you haven't come to understand that, then that's a whole other message. But I just want to tell you that's so, so important, that you understand God as Father. And that when we come to Him, and in the Old Testament, God was referred to as Father about 14, 15 times, I think it is. But in the New Testament, over 400 times. And so one of the primary revelations Jesus brought us of who God is, is His Father. His Father, that we are His sons and daughters. Now that can, we filter that often through a whole lot of brokenness in our own parenting and our own lives. But if we can put that to the side and come to know God as Father, it is an awesome place to start. He says, Father, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins 
so much in here as we also forgive everyone who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. Verse 5 is where I want to focus today. Then Jesus said, suppose you have a friend. You go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. I want you to say that with me. Shameless audacity. Shameless audacity. Because you bang and bang on the door and say, come on, bro. Is it mate down here? In South Auckland, it's always bro. But yeah, come on, mate. Let me in. And because of that, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Come on, as much as you need? That's, that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. This, this passage is in the context of prayer. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Holy Spirit, as we come around your word today, we say like the disciples did, teach us how to pray. Help us to understand today how to approach God as friend. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if uh, I could get Kyle up here to help me. So uh, I just want you to imagine that at some late hour of the night, <clears throat> I knocked on Kyle's door and I came to his house and I was like, bro, crisis. Um, we were driving through the accommodation. They've filled it all up with COVID patients and um, um, I can't, I got nowhere to stay and um, the car broke down and I'm like, could I please stay at your house for the night? And Kyle would say, of course, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would say, and that's cool, bro, because I've got my wife and my nine kids in the car. <laughs> and um, can you put us all up for the night? <laughs> of course. <laughs> now, here's the dilemma Kyle has right now. Where the heck is he going to put past Stephen, Susan, and nine children? And these are like teenage kids, and he's like freaking out right now. So he's thinking, I don't know how we're going to get everybody to sleep tonight, you know? And we, need we haven't got any food either. So, I mean, oh my goodness. So what he's going to do, I'm imagining, is probably going to start thinking, what friends do I have that I can call? And it's like midnight. Um, who, who are you going to, who out here would you go to at midnight? Um, with the Otakian crew? I'd have to say Shane and Tanika, Tom and Tara, they'd be on dial. Yeah. Okay, Shane and Tanika, are they here? Yeah. So, uh, so these guys, these guys, now what's going to happen is that Kyle's going to come around at midnight and tap on the door. And they're going to do what all good Christian people do. Like, I don't think I heard that. <laughs> Look out the window. It's Kyle. Just pretend we're asleep. <laughs> right? Come on. Come on. <clears throat> you, you know, have you, who here? Let's, let's have an honesty session. 
Who here has ever had somebody knock at their door and has pretended they're not home? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, wherever there's laughter, there's guilt right now. <laughs> you know, and especially at midnight. I mean, who shows up at midnight for a cup of tea? You know, come on. It's like, bro, bro, we are fast asleep. We are in bed. But because of Kyle's shameless audacity, because he bashes the door, goes around, beats on the window. Bro, I know you're in there. The car's in the driveway. I know you're home. Open up. And finally, one of his friends comes out. What is going on, bro? It's like midnight. What's happening? The Millers showed up. I need like nine mattresses. Can, we, can you help us out here? And so because this friendship's not an ordinary friendship, this is the friendship that Kyle feels like he can have some shameless audacity in. There is provision made for all that he needs. Come on this morning. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Give him a hand. Awesome young man, Kyle. This is, this is a parable about prayer. This is Jesus teaching us to pray. There's two friendships here, isn't there? There's the friend, me in this instance, who's in crisis. Do you have a friend who's in crisis? Is there somebody in your life right now that has a crisis going on, has a situation, has a set of circumstances, something going on? I remember a young man showed up at my house uh, a few years ago. He knocked on the door, and I opened it up, and I knew this young man, and he had, a, he had been in some kind of altercation, and he had a cut on his arm, and there was blood pouring out everywhere, and he was like, can you help me? And it, right at that point, I was like, I can try and help, but I need help right now. This is one of those phone a friend moments because I didn't have the capacity to be able to figure out how to fix all of that. And so I talked to him and I got help and helped him out. There are times in our life where people show up, situations come, friends are going through stuff that we feel like, I don't know if I can fix all of this right now. And this is the story here, the friend who's in crisis. And the second friend in this relationship, of course, is a picture of the Lord. It's a picture of God who is the friend who has the capacity to help in the situation. Is the one that God is inviting you to come with shameless audacity and bang on heaven's door until you get everything that you need for your other friend. Everything that you need for your city. Everything that you need for your nation. Everything that you need for that ministry that you're believing God wants to take you into. Everything that you need for somebody else. This is a parable about intercession. This is a story about prayer where you and I are invited into the courts of heaven as the friend of God to stand before Him and pray for that other situation that doesn't right now have, that, that's a need and doesn't have the capacity to do that. You are the friend of God. You're the friend that can go there for our nation, for our land, for whatever it is that the Lord stirs in your heart. As I leaned into this, I, I began to see some things about friendship as I was preparing this message. And the first thought is this, that there is real joy in friendship. There's joy in friendship. I have two interns who are in the office next door to me this year, two young uh, girls, and they're good friends, Heidi and Cassidy. They've been mates for a long time. And um, 
as I'm trying to pray and prepare my message, uh, around about every two and a half minutes, there's raucous laughter in the office next door. As these two, and I have no idea what they're laughing about, but laugh about anything and everything all day long. And uh, they, they're forever laughing and, and uh, you know, carrying on in there. And I was working on this message and I was getting annoyed because I was like, man, I need some peace and quiet right now. And the Holy Spirit said to me, um, that's the kind of friendship that, uh, you know, I want you to have with Jesus. One where there's a lot of joy going on. Some of you look like you need that kind of friendship. <laughs> Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll be surprised by how many jokes Jesus will tell. I mean, come on, maybe. Uh, it just, it just, you might be surprised how he tackles you to the ground and says, let's play rugby. I don't know, but I know this, that in his presence, there's fullness of joy, right? There is joy in the friendship of Jesus. We need to learn to enjoy him. We need to be okay with that. Uh, in First John, the Apostle John says, we proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. That means friendship. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. So John says here, I have friendship. I have fellowship. And I, from that place of fellowship, there comes joy. And I'm praying that you might have that. I'm writing this so that you might have that. So that you might be a friend of God. And he goes on to say, not a friend of the world, but a friend of God. And there you will find joy. That joy, that happiness, that life that you're searching for is found in friendship with God, fullness of joy. So how do we develop that? Well, Moses was called the friend of God. Moses was referred to. So was Abraham. So let's look at these two guys' lives. In Exodus 33, verse 11, is a really interesting verse because it talks about how Moses would talk to God. It says, Moses would speak to the Lord face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, there's a joke, but anyway, we won't go there, did not leave the tent. There's a thought there for the younger generation, those that are seeking to grow their friendship with the Lord, is to actually linger in the tent Joshua was still coming into his calling, coming into his destiny. Maybe you're a young man or a young woman here. Learn what it is to linger in the presence of God, to be in the, the house of God, to serve in the, in the courts of the Lord, to be in that place. And as you're there, you'll, you'll come into that place where you one day too will have that face-to-face -face friendship with the Lord like Moses did. So there's this proximity there's this closeness. I mean, face to face. That's close, isn't it? That's close. And I, and I was thinking about the levels of friendship that we have. I was thinking about how that's sort of represented by how close I let people get to me. So there are people who come to my front door and want to be my friend. And they knock on the door. And I open the door. I would like to come in. What do we want to talk about? I would like to talk to you about these amazing vacuum cleaners. And um, I'm like, well, that's awesome. We're going to keep this friendship right here at the door. And we're going to chat here where it's cold and you might want to go. But, you know, we, 
Oh, because I'm a loving pastor. Have you heard about Jesus? And so we'll, we'll talk about this, and um, he can suck all the sin out of your life. And so, yeah, I, I, we, 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 will, we will keep that friendship at the door. But then there are other people I know a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, and I will let them come into the house. And we might even stand around the kitchen and have a cup of tea. And, you know, we, we talk, and I'm starting to get this per- to know this person a little bit more. And we've, we've met a few times, and so we chat. There are people who are in my connect group who are very good friends. And so those people will come into the lounge, will sit down with me, we'll talk and we'll share heart-to-heart stuff. And we'll, 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 we'll fellowship and do life together. And there's the highest level of friendship. I've discovered the, the most extreme and extraordinary level of friendship is the fridge friend. Those people in your life that just walk in, what's up, bro? Walk in and just open your fridge. Wow, look, you've got some food here. And, uh, you know, that's a fridge friend. They don't even kind of, you know, do the formalities or anything. They just walk straight in. Hey, how's it going? Into the fridge. Man, you need to shop more. Man, there's nothing in here for me. Anybody got a fridge friend? You know what I'm talking about, right? Fridge friends, the highest level of friendship. I don't know if you have a fridge friend, but if you don't, you need to go get one. And it's a little bit awkward when somebody, you know, if Kyle comes to my house and he's really just a cup of tea friend, because we don't know each other that well, but he walks into my house, what's up, Pastor Stephen, and just goes straight into the fridge. I'm like, oh, what happened here? We just went to another level of friendship, and I didn't, I'm not sure we're comfortable with this. You walk straight into my fridge. Anyway, okay. But it, 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 friendship is defined by how close we let people into our hearts, into our lives. Moses here is described as face-to-face. That's close, isn't it? That's, that's really close to the Lord. It's open. It's transparent. It's nothing hidden. It's whatever's on God's mind, whatever's on his heart, he shares with Moses. Whatever's on Moses' mind, he shares with the Lord. That's a powerful statement of friendship there. Many people want the hand of God to work on their behalf. God, could you do this? And supplication is an important part of prayer. But friendship with God is first about Him rather than what He can do for us. One who praises the friend of God comes into His presence as His friend and prays what is on the heart of God rather than what is on my list of needs. And it's okay to pray for our list of needs. That's part of prayer life, Jesus said. Bring our daily needs to the Lord. But there's a place of prayer that Moses had, a deeper place, where he came and asked for the unthinkable, asked for that which had never been asked for before. Could I see your face, Lord? Asked for something that nobody else had had the gumption to ask for. Prayer is not about getting things from God. It's about getting more of God. Coming into His presence and wanting to be with Him. There should be many days in our prayer life where we come to God who is our friend. I just want to be with you. I don't have a list of things today. I want to be in your presence. Rather than have you do something for me, I want to behold you. I want to look into your face. And as we behold him, we are changed from glory to glory, right? 
we begin to change. Something begins to shift as we see him, as we look into his face. Moses was essentially saying to the Lord, I don't just want to have things from you. I want you. I want you. I want more of you in my life. Abraham was called the friend of God. And there are so many things we could talk about there. But I love what James says about this. In James 2, 21, he says, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Abraham offered his son. God asked Abraham, would you take your son, your only son, and would you offer him on this altar? So Abraham set off on a three-day journey, offers his son on top of a mountain, and receives him back figuratively to life. And this is a, an incredible story, uh, an incredible prophetic picture of what God would do with his son on a mountain and receive him back to life. This is a story of empathy, and friendship should be about empathy, should be about understanding the other person's heart. And so what God is actually doing here with Abraham is he's inviting Abraham to feel his heart, to understand what it feels like to go on a three-day journey, to offer up your son and to receive him back to life. He's inviting his friend to feel like what it's going to feel for him. See, part of being the friend of God is actually allowing him to put some of his heart in your heart. We will pray more effectively in intercessory prayer when God puts his heart on our heart. And so what God was saying back to Abraham is what I'm doing, what the plan I'm working out through your generation is to bring my son to the cross, my son to die, my son to rise from the dead. I want you to understand and feel that so that you know that. What God is doing now is that he is wanting to bring a lost world to salvation. And so as the friends of God, don't be surprised when you come into his courts that he will put some of his heartful lost people in your heart. And you'll find yourself weeping, you'll find yourself praying, you'll find yourself interceding for a lost nation, for lost friends, for lost family members and going, God, I'm just, I'm feeling this like I haven't felt it before because you've been invited into his heart as his friend to feel some of the things that are on his heart. This is what it means to be the friend of God. Jesus said this, John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Everything that I have learned I've made known to you. Friends share, don't they? I was preparing this message and messaging a friend of mine about this, just saying, man, I'm amazed at this relationship we can have as the friend of God. And he uh, sent this back to me. I think it's, it's just captures and sum you know, summarizes the, the thoughts here. He says, it's amazing when you think of Abraham where God confided 
and the future of his family and of the nation of Israel. Then David, a man after God's own heart. Then Daniel, who was called Beloved. Then again, the Last Supper, where Jesus makes a clear distinction to the disciples between the difference between servants and friends, calls them friends, and then confided to them the fulfillment of the new covenant, where the Father, through the Holy Spirit, confides to you His thoughts and His plans about a matter. What God has even, what God has there ever been who would confide in their creation as opposed to ruling over them? Think about that for a second. What God has there ever been who would confide in us? He says, I do nothing except I tell the prophets first. That's what God says. I tell my friends the prophets first. I I won't do anything before I share with them. He's calling you and I into this incredible relationship as friends. He says, our God confides in us and prepares us to be co-heirs with Christ. Mind-blowing. And I was like, absolutely, it's mind-blowing that I get to be the friend of God. I mean, I'm comfortable being the servant of the Lord, having Him as my King. I'm comfortable with that. I'm becoming more comfortable being the Son of God, having Him as my Father. Yes, Dad, no, you love me. But to be His friend? I mean, really? God? How do I approach God as friend? Do I, you know, come up to Him? You don't normally come up to your friend, do you? Because, yeah, hey, mate, how are you going? It doesn't work like that. I was thinking, well, how do I approach? That's how I, 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 I'm comfortable kneeling before God. I'm comfortable in feeling His embrace as a son. But friend, what does that look like? The best picture I could come up with was just two chairs. Two chairs sitting together. That's what friends do. They sit together and they talk. That I might be invited to the table of the Lord to sit with God as a friend is mind-blowing to me. And that He might put some of His heart in me and invite me to pray. Abraham, I'm about to do something here. And Abraham starts to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. What if there are 50 righteous? What if there are 40? What if there's five? Moses, I'm fed up with the children of Israel. Moses, I'm, I'm going to wipe the mountain and start again with you. Moses says to God, God, these are your people. Remember that? And he stands as the friend of the people before God who is his friend and changes the mind of God about the situation. I have a few theological problems with that. That God invites Moses in as his friend to intercede on behalf of those people. Are you here today? And is God inviting you in to intercede on behalf of a nation? Our nation of New Zealand needs people to stand as the friends of God and intercede for the future of this land. Maybe to stand on behalf of a friend that you have, a family member you have, a work colleague you have. Stand as the friend of God and intercede for their life, for their salvation. This is a tremendous privilege and honor that we have been invited into church to be the friends of God. Maybe to get up in the morning, have a coffee or a cup of tea and just sit there in the chair with Jesus and say, here I am as your friend. Is there something on your heart? 
you want me to intercede for today. What a privilege, what an honor to be called his friends, amen? What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have. God bless you. So good to share this word with you. Would you stand with me for a moment? Let me just pray for you. I want to pray just briefly for those that are needing that refreshing touch. Father, for people that need that refreshing, that need that joy, that need, uh, they're just carrying some stuff right now, some burdens, some anxiety, some worry. God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your friendship, there's an overflow of refreshing. And so today, I lift off every burden. I break the hold of all anxiety and stress. And from your presence, let refreshing flow to people. Even as we just worship here, as we close off the service, let refreshing flow to them. Refreshing flow. Some of you may need to come to, for prayer as we, we close off the service and just receive that refreshing from somebody ministering to you and laying hands on you. Come and receive that from the Lord today. God bless you. Thanks again for allowing me to minister here this morning. Thank you. Come on, church. Let's thank Pastor Stephen. What a word. Did you guys enjoy that word this morning? Hey, you know, we talked about, we talked about friendship and you know, the ultimate act of heroic friendship. Jesus gave his life on the cross for you and I. And he invites us into this relationship or this close friendship. And because it's an invitation, we need to respond. And so my question to you this morning, because it's an invitation, is today your day to respond to Jesus. Do you need to invite him into your life? Do you need to invite him as your Lord and Savior? Do you need to say yes? And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. So with every head bow and every eye closed. You know, in a service just like this, many others here have said yes to Jesus, who have responded to the call, who, is, who have responded to the invitation for a relationship and for a friendship with Jesus. Would you do that today on the count of three? If you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to invite him in into your life, into your heart, as your Lord and Savior, would you do that this morning on the count of three? One, Jesus loves you. Two, this will be the best decision you'll ever make. Three, if that's you, can you put your hand nice and high so we can pray for you? Cool, I see the hand down the back. Thank you. Thank you down the back also. Awesome, church. Let's, let's pray. Let's repeat after me. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and for the sacrifice on the cross. And today, I respond, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I respond to the invitation this morning. Come into my life and fill me fresh. Help me to turn away from sin and from what I know to be wrong. Have your way in my life and lead me and guide me in this life. In Jesus' name, everyone said.